Welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I will be your host. If you're wondering how in the world to grow your brand organically on Instagram, you are in the right place. This is the right episode for you. Today's guest is Hugh Reese, and Hugh and I talk about all of the ins and outs of Instagram. And why is Hugh the best person to listen to today? He just published a book that he has been working on for over a year on how to master Instagram organically. It doesn't stop there though. It also goes into the paid side of Instagram and the customer journey. So in today's episode, Hugh and I chat about the ins and outs of the pains and the gains of Instagram and what you should and shouldn't do and how to use Instagram for public relations. Enjoy the episode and namaste. Hey Lisa, how are you? I'm doing great. So I'm coming to you from Celebration, Florida. And tell us where you are today. I am in Brisbane, Australia. On my bucket list for sure. So yeah, um, I invited you because we know each other through, um, we're both in the mastermind baby bathwater and have had lots of interesting conversations about internet marketing, web, web design, creative, and Hugh just wrote a book about Instagram. So I want to talk about Instagram with Hugh, and I want to talk about a lot of other different angles with Instagram. But Hugh, why don't you give us um, your story, your background, because I love how you got into starting your agency and doing what you're doing now. So if you will share that <laughs> with our audience, I would really love for them to hear it firsthand from you. Sure. The, the, the long story. Um, try to keep it, keep it short. Um, I'm actually a software engineer. So I went to university many, many, many years ago, um, studying, uh, studying IT, uh, majoring in software engineering. Um, and I was a software developer for, for probably 10 years. Uh, managed to get some management roles and sort of lead software teams. Uh, and then I, I accidentally um, jumped into agency life by um, marrying an agency owner. Um, so it was, it was an interesting sort of um, uh, introduction to that world. And of course, it was just natural that I, I sort of moved in and, and helped run, uh, run things in terms of the IT department, the website side of things. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed it actually. So, and, and sort of working for yourself and being that, you know, having that entrepreneurial spirit. I always was, had that entrepreneurial side of things. I always had my side hustle going. I'm um, always doing um, consulting on the side, which was, which was good. And yeah, it was a really interesting, uh, interesting, in, um, uh, you know, way to get involved in the industry. Um, and then my wife and I, ex-wife and I split up and we got divorced. And so I sort of just went on out my own. I, I took the, the digital clients, the, the websites and, and uh, hosting, web hosting. I was doing web hosting for a while there. Um, yeah. And, and that's, that's sort of fun. how. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Getting calls from clients at three o'clock in the morning because their emails are down. That's, uh, it's always a good thing. Um, so yeah, that was, that, that's how I really got into it. Um, fast forward a couple of years, I met, um, uh, a guy called Phil Winton. Um, and Phil was, he was a graphic designer, creative director, had his own design agency. I had a web agency and we sort of, uh, started doing work together and we got sick of invoicing each other and we decided to join forces and, and, be, and start exposed media. And now five years later, here we are, which is, which is great. Um, very fast paced, uh, working with clients all over the world, um, dealing with, with some really cool brands. And uh, I love getting up every morning and, and coming to work and helping brands scale and, and make money. I love that story. Uh, you know, and it also 
is very reminiscent of some of, of my background. My first agency that I started, my partner was a commercial artist and I was on the PR side of things. And uh, before we started, we were basically kind of doing the same thing that you and your partner are doing where you're just invoicing each other. And we're just like, okay, like, why don't we just turn this into a company? Yeah. And it was um, great kind of a merging of two different backgrounds that complemented each other. Mm. Um, and what I also love about your background is the tech side and the IT side, because when you're working with, you know, anybody in marketing, digital marketing, to not have an understanding of how things work on the background, I think is really limiting. And, you know, people that don't have it. Yeah, you're totally right. And I think that's really helped us get to where we are. Um, you know, having that analytical background and that and that numbers um, knowledge and, and actually following the numbers. So a lot of our clients are e-commerce clients. So for them, it's really a, a case of understanding your numbers and knowing what you can what you can do and what you can push and, and your average order values, lifetime values, um, what your you know your cart uh, average cart order has to be. Um, so knowing all those numbers is really important, and I think that's yeah, it's, as you said, it really helps us get you know do do really well for our clients. Yeah, and it's bridging the science with the creative side of things, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And then obviously, yeah, that's right. With, with Phil and, and the creative team that we have now, supplementing that and building amazing creative uh, at the moment for our clients, as well as doing the media buying and, and um, website design and website conversion optimization. Uh, yeah, it's, all, it's, 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 a, it's a really beautiful thing. So your agency is offering basically end-to-end full-service um, digital marketing. What are some of your, your main offerings? Yeah, so I, I really dislike that full service agency model. Um, and I, I really, uh, I, you know, for, for a while we did it, hey, we can do everything. We can, we can build your website. We can do your, uh, do your marketing. We can write your copy. We can do your creative. Um, I just found that it, it, was, it was spreading us too thin. Um, it wasn't until we really niched down and, and sort of um, went, basically said, we, we, we're an e-commerce growth agency. We help e-commerce brands scale. Um, once we sort of found that niche, that was when we really started to accelerate. We still do full service, but we just don't promote the fact. So we usually get a brand on board with their digital marketing, so paid media through Facebook or Google or Snapchat or whatever platform they want to be advertising on. Um, and then from there we go, we figure out that their website doesn't convert. Well, luckily we have a team in house that we can actually um, you know, be very agile and develop new landing pages and tests and split tests. Uh, which is great. And then we have creative issues with our media buying clients. Oh, you have, you have problems with creative, but we have an in-house creative team. So it just complements and having those internal departments really, really does allow us to be, um, to be a really agile agency and help our brand scale. Well, speaking of platforms, um, you just wrote the book on Instagram. So tell us a little bit about the book and how you landed on writing this book. And we'll get into, I want to kind of pick your brain and share with our audience sure. some of the, my favorite parts of the book, but go ahead. Definitely. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been working in Instagram, per, my personal Instagram for probably two years now. Um, I've always been intrigued by the platform uh, and, and trying to figure out how to make it work. Um, obviously there's a lot of people who've made a lot of money on Instagram just from um, influencers and organic social media. We, we do a lot of paid for our clients, so that's great. We can reach people through paid media. It's amazing. But how to like really intrigued me, how does someone actually crack the, crack the code and, and start building an audience manually. If you, if you don't have the budget to put in paid, behind, uh, paid media behind it, how can you grow a brand? So I doubled down uh, about two years ago, uh, really spent a lot of time trying to figure out. I tested a whole bunch of stuff and I've done a whole lot of things. I've failed miserably at a lot of things. I've, I've done some things I shouldn't have done. I've, I brought likes, I did follow, I used uh, bots and I did all that sort of stuff. And so I wanted to see how it worked. 
Um, and I got to the point where I think I, I've really started to crack it for myself. And then we started offering it as a service for our clients. Um, and then that's where it really took off. And I knew we had something. Um, and not many agencies or not many people that I know um, really have that as an offering. So it was a really good way for us to sort of diversify and, and again, niche down in something and get another revenue stream for their agency. Um, but, um, and also grow my personal brand because I've, I've always had the dreams of having a, a, you know, a brand for Hugh Reese, not just exposed media, which is great because exposed media is, 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 is what, you know, where, where my, my living comes from. Uh, and, you know, we, we, do really well with that, but I also wanted to sort of make create my own space and have my own platform to be to to reach to an audience. Which um, is so important. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So yeah, so that, and that's that was sort of how I got into it, uh, and then from there, I, because we we were offering it to our clients and had some success, I thought, well, it's uh, what can I do? What can I offer my audience that I know they're interested in? And I started to ask a few questions from people, um, you know, asking my audience what they really wanted. And everyone wanted to know about how to do organic Instagram. So it's just a natural progression to write a book about how I do my process and how I, how I work it for, for my Instagram as well as my clients' Instagrams. Uh, and that's how the book was born. Took about, I'll be, I'll be honest, it took us about eight months to write the book. Um, many iterations, as, as you probably well know, as an author yourself, <laughs> um, trying, to, trying to find the right balance and, and how to get your message across and write for your audience and, yeah, so it was a bit of a, uh, a labor of love and we finally launched it uh, four weeks ago now, I think it was, and it went crazy. We, we did some, um, did a my own little sort of launch for it, um, got a bestseller on Amazon, which is great, um, and the feedback's been amazing. Um, so I'm really excited to see how that work goes and, and how people start implementing those, those tools or those strategies that I've put into the book. Well, congratulations on the book and Social PR Secrets is all about how to optimize and socialize and publicize um, a lot from coming from an organic standpoint. So can you share some of your Instagram secrets uh, from your book? Definitely. And then I'd also love to hear your thoughts on some ways, do's and don'ts of using Instagram now today in this pandemic that we're, as we're recording, we're in the midst of the lockdown and um, Correct. Yeah. There's a lot of pivoting that has to go on. So let's talk about just some of your favorite tips from the book and then get into some new ways of using Instagram during COVID. Sure. sure. So there's, there's no real quick and easy way to, to sort of crack it on, on Instagram and grow, a brand, and grow your, your reach or your audience. Um, but what I try to do is I try to build it into three different pillars. So the three main things that we need to focus on Instagram is content, community, and hashtags. They're really the three things that if you, if you get all three right, you can really scale and, and reach people um, uh, quite, quite fast. Um, so content is, is obviously really important. It's all, all great and, and fun having a, a following and, and, and people who follow you, but if you're not creating content that your audience wants to consume, then you're gonna lose followers very quickly. People are gonna get bored with what you're putting out there. So you need to create content that's, that's of value and, and offer value first, always lead with value. Be authentic um, because obviously your audience want to want to want to know the real you, not not the fake you. If you start being the fake you, then they will soon they'll soon find out. Um, you know, Instagram. I always say Instagram's a human to human platform, so we're actually communicating from from one human to another human. So make sure you have that in your messaging and and how you how you communicate to your audience and and what you put in your captions, what you do in your videos. Uh, it's really important. Once you create that, once you create that content and, and start. Um, 
doing content that works and, and you know that it starts working when you start looking at your analytics. And that's the other side that is really important is trying to find how, when your audience are engaging, what content they're engaging with. Um, and then from once you figure out that, you just do more of that. Um, and it sort of grows from there. It's not, as I said, it's not, not a fast, a fast, um, fast thing, but if you do it right and have the patience and, and put the effort in, show up and do the work, you know, it'll, it'll really happen. Um, so that's a, the content side of things. Um, the next part is community. Uh, so engaging with people and building a community is uh, building a tribe, a sticky tribe is what we talk about. Um, that's, that's really important. So, you know, I, I always tell clients that, that they go, oh, how can I reach new people? Well, go out and, and start engaging with people on, on their feeds, try and find um, influences in your market, try and find people who are your ideal niche. Um, we, something we do with our clients is we start building up, you know, and, and in marketing speakers, as always, we build out a persona. So we do that as well with, with the Instagram. So we need to know, you know, who our ideal person is, who are, they, who are they following? What blogs are they reading? What podcasts are they listening to? What books are they reading? Um, once we get that idea of who, who that person is, we can then start going out and, and trying to find people who are in that, in that niche and reading those books and watching those, uh, listening to those podcasts and start engaging and adding value to them. You know, it's, it's not, you know, if someone posts, um, posts something on their Instagram feed, don't just comment, oh, great photo, um, actually add value to that and, and sort of, you know, engage with them. And people, once they start seeing that you're engaging and continuously engaging, they'll then check, check your profile out and, and obviously follow you and, and start engaging with your stuff. So it's just like, I suppose it's, it's, it's like having a conversation with you and I are talking now. That's how you still use, have to use Instagram, have that conversation with the, with the real person. Um, that's how you build a community and, and build a sticky, a sticky following. A, a sticky following. Um, and then finally, the, the, the one that's really, I, I find the most uh, exciting is, is hashtags. Um, because everyone says hashtags are dead. Hashtags don't work. Um, can't get no rage. <laughs> hashtags but are going to get you the exposure if you use them right. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Um, we, I, I always talk to about hashtags like SEO, the keywords that people are searching for. Um, yeah. So if you, can, if you find the right hashtags that you can rank for that, are, that aren't very competitive, that's one of the most important things. People put down hashtags that are really competitive and they wonder why they can't rank. So think of it this way, if you're putting up a photo of a, of a beach, a beautiful sunset on a beach, and then you put down hashtag photo of the day, um, you, you know there's like millions of people using that hashtag in any one day. So the chances of you ranking and people finding you on that hashtag are very slim. So think about the content you're putting out, uh, make sure your hashtags are relevant to your content and make sure your hashtags are, are really niche specific and, and allow you to reach people. Um, some of the key things that we look for is uh, daily post count, which is obviously how many times that, that hashtag's being used in a photo, um, the competitiveness of that photo, because um, obviously a high competitive, uh, sorry, high competitiveness of that hashtag. Obviously the more high competitive hashtags, uh, like photo of the day, aren't really gonna, gonna cut it for you. Um, and also the daily average likes of a hashtag, which you can, which you can sort of use tools for. There's some free tools on the web that you can sort of search for and, and try to find that out. Um, what are some of your favorite tools for that? For the um, the ones that you said um, the, for the number of my times. My favorite uh, tool day, yeah. is, is, is Flick, uh, F-L-I-C-K um, dot T-E-C-H, Flick Tech. That, is, that tool is the most amazing tool I've ever seen and used. Uh, it really, really gives you some amazing stats on and, and analytics on hashtags. And they just, they just released a hashtag, uh, an, an analytics tool 
It actually hooks up to your own Instagram and actually ranks your hashtags against other hashtags and tells you which one you're actually working or which one's working best for you. So then you can use more of those hashtags. It's, it's really cool. Uh, I highly recommend checking it out. Cool. Um, so I have a couple of um, kind of these questions seem to always come up kind of, you know, controversial questions or, you know, so for hashtags, so should hashtags in your opinion be actually in the caption or the first comment? <laughs> um, that's a big very debate good that always happens here. Yeah, big debate. Um, so I always used to say um, that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you put it in the in the um, in the first caption, uh, sorry, in your, in your actual um, post caption or or the first comment. Um, and I, for a while, I've tested I tested both, and I couldn't really see much difference in it. However, lately I have been noticing I had been noticing uh, on mine and a few other clients. When we, put, when we started putting comment, uh, hashtags in the first comment, our reach wasn't as strong. Um, so then I changed it up and tested it out using it in the actual caption and the reach got back to on par to what it used to be. So I'm not sure if there was a, a tweak in the, the way the algorithm works and how yeah. it ranks, but I definitely saw a, a bit of a, a, a drop by putting it in the first comment. The other thing about that as well, the tools that now use, uh, that are now analyze hashtags, so like Flick for instance, they can't read uh, hashtags in comments. So if you want to get stats on your hashtags, you have to put them in your, in your actual caption. Right, yeah. So I've always been like pretty adamant about hashtags being in the actual caption for multiple reasons. I mean, people, I, I just think that it's, it's packaging it all together, right? Yeah. Um, and it was a couple of years ago, I want to say, that I thought Instagram made an, an official statement or announcement saying, that it's better for hashtags to be in the actual caption. So yeah. then I was, you know, in your book, it was a debate internally here. You know, I have um, a couple of girls working with me that are, you know, just out of college or, you know, just in college and, you know, they're big on Instagram personally mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. swear by, you know, the hashtags being in the comments. And I was just like, I actually just, you know, I just don't think that that don't is the it. best overall route. Yeah. Yeah, I actually we I actually had to re-edit the book um, before it launched because in the original book that I had, I actually was very much on the fence. I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I um, actually had that version then. That, that's what yeah, we, both, yeah. we we were all looking at. We're like, what does Hugh say? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, and then because that that's before Christmas, that's what I was saying. Mm -hmm. um, but after Christmas, definitely definitely something's changed. Um, you know, Instagram have come out and they they have actually said a few things that. That they, that they say that it doesn't matter with the algorithms. So I think the, the, the hashtags one. Um, the other one is engagement on your posts doesn't actually, um, in the first half hour or the first hour of posting doesn't actually affect your ranking or whether your post will go viral or not. They actually came out and said that that doesn't matter. Um, that's great, they said that, but the data that I have totally doesn't back that up. So the mm -hmm. data that I'm seeing, the more engagement you get on that for, in that first hour, the more likes and comments, the, the faster your hashtags will reach more people. Well, it makes sense because it's it's very similar to SEO for a blog post or a web page. When you publish something, you want to try to get as much interaction and engagement for Google to see that people are right. you know that content is working and they're right. gonna you know reward you for that. So That's it right. does make yeah. sense if you're comparing it to SEO in the um, you know with, with Google yeah. and 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 websites and, and blog totally posts agree. and articles. So, yeah, so um, that's one of the things I, I actually say to, our, to, to my clients and even stuff that I do myself. As soon as I post, 
my, if I'm posting uh, something, I'll actually start going out and, and engaging and, and doing that community part. So mm -hmm. I'll often spend an hour after my post just going off and engaging with people, following like following hashtags and, and trying to find content that I like because people come back and see my, my content and then like and engage on my content. And the more I do that, I find the faster my my, my actual um, my my content go reaches people, and the and the more hashtags uh, work. Yes. Okay. So another debate. So <laughs> short caption or long form caption? Uh huh. Um, there's no rule on this in terms of that I know of in terms of if it works better in the, in the algorithm and so it makes your content go better. What I do know is that when we call it microblog content, yeah. writing microblog content now is going nuts and people are actually engaging more with micro, like long form captions um, than short form captions. Now that could be a couple of trends, obviously, especially now everyone's at home and spending more time on their phone. That's one thing. But I actually think it's that whole um, authority or trust factor. People want to read about what you're doing and, and be part of your life uh, or part of your brand and, and live your brand rather than just saying a one-line caption and a bit of, a bit of content. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, the way my... I see it is so if you're just, if all you care about like is your friends that are on Instagram are interacting with you, let's just say 300 of, of your closest friends and a thousand of your like whatever closest friends are following you if you can do like one or two word captions but if you're really trying to build your brand you have to get more in depth with the mm -hmm. content in your captions correct uh, so okay. i just think from a business standpoint brands you know from a whether you're a personal brand or a business brand I see that as an opportunity to really Definitely. be an authority and really take it yeah. to the next level. I mean, it's basically yeah. like a mini website. It's like a micro website. So imagine if you posted a blog post with one word and a hashtag. <laughs> yeah, you good know? Um, yeah, and it also comes down to, to storytelling as well, right? People, people engage with stories. Um, yeah, just I makes, think you do that sense. visually, but I think the words also matter. Yeah, that's very true. Um, one thing we do, I do try to, to talk to clients about is is using stories to to sort of really help with that short, sharp content. Um, and we sort of classify it as like living your own reality TV show through Instagram stories to document what's going on. So that's a good way to get that short, shorter form content. Like you get 15 seconds with a story um, to really sort of uh, cut through and, and get more content out faster. One thing that we do that I, I like to um, make recommendations on using emojis as um as as the as like a bullet you know mm -hmm. different emojis as bullet and yeah, formatting that caption so that it's a very easy skimmable read even though it might be a long form caption so i'm, I'm yes you know what what is what are your thoughts on emojis um emojis are very very important um because they're, they're fun they they yeah. get big they, they 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 convey emotions um, ironically, they convey emotions faster and easier and people will engage with it as well. Yeah, yeah. So what is your take on pods? I get uh, this question. Pods? On, on Instagram oh. pods, yeah. Yeah, get, yeah, get, engagement, engagement pods. Yeah. So engagement pods are essentially uh, a group of, of people in one, one group where essentially you'll put up a post uh, and then someone will go and like and comment on that post. Um, I've, I've used pods very heavily over the years um uh they're great for engagement bring a vanity metric of engagement but they're not your real audience so you it's, can it's use gonna, them, it reminds me of like black hat seo yeah it essentially is yeah. you're on the money um yeah. so so yeah if you want if you want to get 
10,000 likes and 10,000 comments and then yeah, cool, you just engage with pods, but they're not your audience. They're not people who are gonna stick around and, and be and follow you and engage with you further. Um, and it also will stuff up your, um, if you're using your Instagram as any sort of media platform, but media buying platform. So you can create audiences from engagement on Instagram, people who like and save and comment and, uh, and follow you, et cetera. So if you're using that as an audience to, to remarket to or market to, then it's going to really skew your paid side of things as well. So you just got to be careful about using engagement pods uh, and what the purpose of using that engagement pod is. Yeah, it reminds me of back in the day when buying followers was a good thing. You know, people wanted to buy followers on Facebook. And then what ended up happening is you had, you know, 10,000 or 100,000 followers that really were not your audience. And then when you're yeah. doing paid and you're doing retargeting, it's nobody's buying because they're not correct. really it's just like a vanity yeah. number. It's a, it's a totally, totally correct vanity metric. And, and you know, I've, I've bought followers. I've, I've bought 5,000 followers once and then within two months they dropped off like that because yeah. Instagram are going out and they're actually culling all the fake bots and fake engagement and fake following. Instagram are doing a really good job now of actually removing that, that stuff from, from, uh, Insta, from, the, from the platform uh, and uh, banning, even shadow banning and banning accounts that are really heavily doing that. So you can't use um, bots much anymore. So you used to have to do like um, automatic likes and comments, use bots to do that and auto follow and unfollow. Now that's all gone, which is which means it's a really level playing field for anyone who's trying to start out or trying to trying to find their their purpose now or, and you know trying to trying to pivot as you said uh, and and use Instagram as, as a platform to build an audience. It's a great opportunity and it's 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 free for all and ready to, to take advantage of. Something that I see a lot also is crossing the line from using Instagram personally and um, then using it more of a professional branding type mm -hmm. of, of platform. And, you know, going from, you know, the advice that I give is, you know, if you look at your Instagram feed and every single picture is of you, then what is that really, what is the story you're really telling? So yeah, correct. It's, it's very interesting to see um, the transition from Instagram from a, so, from a personal standpoint and, and then also, you know, then like, transitioning to a business and and it and it really isn't all about you and and so can you can you talk to some like maybe some advice you would give and if your instagram feed has every picture is of yourself what what, what advice would you give <laughs> um there's there's a few people who i won't name um now publicly but that have the uh the the selfie life um photos in themselves in front of their ferraris and their really big houses and that that fake life um, that will attract a certain audience. Don't get me wrong. There's people out there who really go, wow, that's what I want, but it's not real. Um, so there's I, what we talk about with some of our clients and even, even what I try to do is, is break up content pillars, much like you have your three main pillars of your, of the, of your strategy. So, you know, I, my, my main, my main focus for me personally is entrepreneurship, um, media buying, um, e-commerce and my personal brand, me, Hugh, the real Hugh. So yeah. I try to post content in those four pillars. Um, so it's important to have a mix up of my personal life and, and show photos of me or my daughter or my wife or me having fun because that's the real human element to things. But on the other side, I also want to add value to people who want to learn about Facebook media buying or want to learn about scaling their e-commerce brand 
or want to have tips on, on, on being an entrepreneur and how to, how to start and being an entrepreneur or what the, what mindset you have to have. So all of that stuff, I, I make sure that I'm consciously creating content around those pillars so that my, so I'm creating a broad range of content that people would want to consume. If I just post photos of my daughter, Willa, then I'm probably just going to get a whole bunch of people who want to see baby photos and, and think they're really cute rather than an entrepreneurs who are looking to scale the businesses who are my real audience that I want to reach. Yeah. And I, I think it's, um, you know, one thing, if you're listening to this, watching this, if you are a small business or even large businesses, I see making this mistake and you're trying to hire somebody and, you know, it's, it's becoming more um, popular to not hire a social media manager that is across all social. They're more specialists. So if you're hiring an Instagram, somebody to, to manage your Instagram account, right? I feel like it's, it's very important to have, make sure that it's not just somebody that might be just entry level that knows Instagram personally. They have to really right. have to understand the business side of it. And there's a huge difference. And I, 100%. You know, working with clients that have somebody running their Instagram, if they don't have that business strategy marketing sense and they're mm -hmm. running it as if it, they're, they ran their Instagram in college, big difference. Yeah. And yeah, so you don't realize be... that there is that difference. So what advice do you Correct. give brands in, in hiring somebody to manage your Instagram account? What, it, what, what type of experience should they have? And what are some yeah, of the cool. flags? So, so I always look for creating goals, right? What are, what is, what's the end goal I want to achieve with this, this thing I'm trying to do? So, okay, I want, I want, someone, I want to hire someone to manage my Instagram. Okay, cool. What are the goals with that? Um, what do I need that person to be able to do? Now, one of the things that I've noticed is trying to find, um, actually, actually, we actually try to find people who are uh, copywriters because we find that they know that process much better than someone who's just really very good at, at putting up that selfie life college, um, you know, fun Instagram style things because a copywriter actually has a process in how they write copy and the audience they're trying to, they're trying to attract to. So I, instead of us going out for social media managers and, and looking people to manage our social media, we actually try and find, you know, people who, who have proven to be able to do that research and have that, uh, that mind, that mindset about what the audience they're trying to reach and what they want to hear and listen to. So I would, my advice would be not just try and find, um, you know, someone who's, who's great at one thing. They've got to be able to um, understand your voice, understand your, what you're trying, your brand, what you're trying to achieve and want to be able to, and can, that can connect to your audience. Yeah, definitely. So um, another kind of debate. So is the aesthetic dead? <laughs> um, I get asked this a fair bit. I've actually, I actually put this into in my ebook um, about how aesthetic is important. And don't get me, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, sorry. Well, yeah, it is. It is. But people want to be able to see a visually nice, appealing Instagram feed and go, oh, wow, this brand's really on point. It's got the brand colors, brand tone. We, do, we actually do like a style guide for our, our clients. Um, and so before we start doing any work, we say, okay, this is, this is what your color palette's going to be. This is what your, your, your brand voice is going to be, um, all that sort of stuff. And, but I'll be honest with you, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. People just want to consume content. I've seen like really horrible meme accounts just, just get crushed engagement um, because they're actually just putting out content that their audience really wants, want to consume. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, you, if, you, if, if aesthetic is important to you, then please go ahead and do it. Um, but as long as you are also, that, that doesn't affect the content you're producing for your, for your audience, you're going to be okay. 
Yeah. I mean, we had clients that we would, there is um, a pattern and like every other post was a caption and, you know, that at one time worked, um, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know so much if it needs to be so contrived, but I, I do think that having, looking at your Instagram grid is somewhat like a magazine layout. So you want to have some yeah. rhyme or reason. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one thing that, so if you're out there engaging with people and, and doing that community part, and then they come back and they see this really um, convoluted, strange Instagram account, then that you actually, it's that first touch that you have with your audience or your new person is, is really important. So you want to make sure that you're at least conveying you or your brand to, to that person rather than scaring them away with some really crazy looking posts. Um, so it is important. Um, having consistency is key. Don't get me, you're, you're right. Um, but you know, in terms of content, if the content is what your audience wants to consume, then go for it. Yeah. So I want to touch on also, you know, we're in this, in the middle of this pandemic with COVID, I don't think it's really changing and a lot has had to change quickly mm -hmm. as far as being very mindful of your, what you're posting on your Instagram feed, maybe, you know, scheduling out type, types of content that, you know, for example, you know, like in the middle of New York City, like, you know, with the big crowd, like that's not really where you are right now. Nobody is. Yeah. So that's what are correct. some tips that brands should be aware of when it comes to uh, content on Instagram and, and just mm -hmm. messaging? Yeah. So, so obviously be, be conscious of what is going on uh, outside, as you said, you know, if you wouldn't be posting photos, um, uh, you know, having a fabulous time on the beach. Although, you know, you can mix that content up because you want to do some, sometimes you could be doing throwbacks. So, hey, yeah. post, post back to happier times. Um, make sure that your, your messaging is, is um, uh, you know, you, you're thinking about how people are feeling and how they're acting because a lot of people are doing it tough out there. That's for one thing. But if you're a brand and, and trying to trying to really, um, you know, take advantage of the situation and, and, you know, I would be doubling down on content and creating content, creating content that essentially is, um, is going to really help that your following and, and allow you to build an audience because people are at home now. People have got more time in their hands. So now's a really great opportunity to, to start um, producing content and aligning yourself with, with your vision and your, and your, your voice to, to make sure that you can communicate that with your audience. Um, you know, if the perfect example is, is if you've got a bricks and mortar that you've that sort of had to shut down because of what's happening, you could still engage with your local, local area, you know, be, by using local hashtags and, and some, um, you know, some more supporting the community, doing local shout outs for businesses that are also doing it tough, um, start building that community or, and that, that, that would really be a great way to sort of, um, get a following and, and, and do good at the same time because you're sharing the love and, and you're showing that you're compassionate. Um, yeah, and it just, just be, if you, it goes back to that, that whole thing of being authentic, be, just be yourself, be real, um, have compassion and, and make sure you, you, you're producing and double down content that, that people want to consume. Yeah. I, I mean, I think also there's something to be said for a certain amount of real and raw, like, you know, not having it, oh, yeah. worrying about yeah. it being overly produced or contrived or anything like that, especially yeah. today. Yeah, so the one thing that I would say in terms of the content, regardless of, of now, whether time we're in now or anything, is is that raw content is is actually the best type of content. Um, so if you're doing overproduced content and putting it on your feed, no one's really going to care about it. No one's really going to engage in it because they don't really believe it or trust it. So yeah, you, as you said, be raw, be real. Um, 
talk about your struggles, talk about what's going on in your life and what's going on in your business and how it's affecting you. And um, yeah, because people, as I said, as I said before, that, that they really want to connect with that story and, 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 and relate and they are, they're going to relate to you much better. Yeah. So if somebody is just starting out, they just opened their Instagram account and they just started their profile. Is it too mm-hmm. late? Like, is it, I mean, never, never too late, never too late to start. Um, but you've got to, you've, as I touched on before, you've got to have a goal. Why, why are you starting this account? Right? Um, what's the whole purpose of you actually creating a content and putting content out there? Um, so be very, very, very straight with yourself about what you're trying to achieve um, and do the work. Like it's not going to happen overnight. It, you can't just go from one post and have a you know, hundred thousand followers in a week. It's, it's going to take time to build a following um, and you can do it. Like, you know, some of our clients are getting 200 followers a week just from doing engagement, just by going out and doing that community engagement. So you can do, do build an audience and build an audience fast, but um, yeah, you just have to do the work. Just a funny story behind that. So I can remember when Instagram first came out and it was about maybe six months or not even a year after it launched. And, you know, I joined right away and then I wasn't that active. And then all of a sudden I was like, I just totally missed it. Like I totally missed it. Like, you know, and I look back now and I'm like, that was so dumb, you know, to even think that, you know, you just, uh, you can't uh, get, get caught it. up in that whole. Correct. You know, I, it, it's funny, you know, I, I, I don't practice what I preach sometimes. Like I tell, tell clients to, and I, even in, the, in my book, like be consistent, post every day, post content. Me, myself, like I, I am a busy entrepreneur. I, I run an agency with 20 staff. We've got, you know, 50 odd clients around the world and we, we do some crazy stuff. And I also have a, a home life. I've got a two and a half year old. Um, so my life's very hectic and I don't often get to post the content that I want to post. Um, we tried even using um, like scheduling programs and, and I'm not, nothing against scheduling programs. They are very helpful and they can, can make you, it can, can achieve some things for you because you can schedule a lot of contents ahead of time and press a button and have it all posted. But I found that those using those programs actually um, diminished my reach. So it actually affected how my, my posts are reaching new people with hashtags. So we stopped, I stopped using that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's never too late. I, I, I'll, I'll just say you have to do the work and, and make sure you're posting consistently, doing, doing the community stuff, doing the hashtag research. Um, and you'll be surprised how fast you can, you can achieve uh, a following and build, build an audience. And I think, you know, don't overthink it. I do that a lot too. I can totally relate to what you're just saying because I go through the same thing. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, everything's happening great for my clients. And then I look at my Instagram and I'm just like, I have not posted like, it in a week. Yeah. And, and I, I do this when I'm looking at the caption going, what am I going to write? And then I'd write a caption and I'm like, oh yeah. And then you delete it. And I'm like, oh, that's just, yeah. I, I, yeah. Look, the struggles are real, but you know. Yeah. What do you, what's your take on frequency? So, I mean, do you feel like, you know, just, how how often is enough and what is too much um i would say at least once a day definitely once a day um you have to have to see what you how your audience consumes uh, content um and the, and i would say the, the more following you have the more content you would need to produce um so the way the algorithm works and and essentially it tries to get your content in front of the person who thinks it's more the most relevant to at that time of day that you're posting it um so you know if you have a bigger following, probably twice a day, but don't just post content for the sake of posting content and don't post content that isn't of value. Um, so I just went through my book launch uh, and, and this is a real story and I'm happy to share this with everyone. 
So I, I my before the uh, we did the launch, so we, it was like a two week launch period. Uh, my content was very um, sporadic, but it was meaningful, and 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 I was reaching my audience and trying to engage my audience. I had an engagement rate of about two and a half percent on Instagram, which which isn't amazing, um, but it's you know about average for the amount of followers I have. As soon as I started doing my my posting twice a day for the book launch, um, my audience didn't like it, and my engagement dropped. I had my engagement went below one percent. Because I was just posting content because I had thought I had to do it for the book launch. Like, oh, I gotta get the book out, gotta book. But it was the wrong content for my audience, and they they didn't want to. They yeah, sure they 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 liked the fact that I was producing a book, but they didn't want to see it every time they opened up Instagram. So you just have to be conscious about how your audience is behaving, and 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 look at your analytics, and to see how much frequency is good. And and once once you get to the point where you realize that your engagement is dropping, probably pull back on the frequency a bit. Speaking of engagement, so what what's some advice that you can give on on being proactive with engaging, you know, with your following and, and with, with mm-hmm. other, um, you know, profiles on Instagram, you know, what, how do you, how do you, is there like a certain percentage of time versus that you would spend on engagement yeah. per day, let's say, or per week that you're actually, yeah. act, you know, commenting and, and, and being, you know, friendly on Instagram with other people? Yeah, uh, it's it's the, probably one of the most important things to do is, is that in, engagement. Um, yeah, we talked about you know creating those personas. As part of that persona thing, we also talk about influencers that we that people are going to follow. So we'll often go to those influencers and then see who's who the people who are following them are, and then check out their Instagrams if if it's open and, and engage with their content as well. Um, you know, when I post my my personal one, when I post, I spend an hour uh, engaging. And I just go through and I find hashtags that are relevant to the post I just posted, engage with people who are using those hashtags. It's so important, the engagement side of things. Um, people who comment on your photos, once they comment, engage them, reply back to the comments straight away. Create that conversation because the algorithm loves content. Um, the more engagement your posts get, and, and we sort of touched on it before, we, I find the, the, the more it reaches new people, um, especially if you're... You know, there was, there was a big big thing a while back with power likes. I don't know if you've ever heard of the term power likes in the, in the Instagram game. So what you would do is you'd get um, a follower who has a high following of, like I say, it's half a million people follow their Instagram. They would come and comment and like your photo. And their audience would then, the way the algorithm would work, essentially that, that their audience would then uh, get shown that, that post. So it was a really good way to hack that or get that growth and, and reach new people. Um, but still the same. Like if you if, you, if you're engaging on, on content, it, it yeah it gets it, the algorithm favors it and promotes it, uh, and it, it works really well. So it's very important to do. It. Um, yeah, that's super insightful. So as far as following, so what are some out of the box ways to grow your following? When it, I mean, especially if you're just trying to grow it from an organic standpoint, like, you know, for example, I have some, some clients, um, Ohio Energetics is one of them where, you know, growing the following has been difficult because we really are very limited in what we can do on the paid side. And so so yeah. the, the exposure that we're getting is, um, you know, we have to just rely on public relations and influencers mm-hmm. and, um, you know, what are some maybe offline ways that you can help grow your following or integrate it with emails? Does that work? Yeah. Um, there's, there's so many ways to do to do this, um, and, and engagement is one of them. So if you want to just get followers on Instagram, being, doing that engagement piece is 
you'll find that will really grow your following fast because people will want to, once you engage and follow them, they're really likely to come back and engage and follow with you. So that's really one key point of it. And I would be recommending everyone go out and start doing more engagement um, on there, on people who, who are their ideal audience. The other thing we could do is, is and we've done it, well, I did it for my ebook. Um, so we, we basically had a whole bunch of freebies we were offering. So we did like short eBooks on um, hashtag, the algorithm, content, and account setup and offer that for free. So people will then download that for free. We, I was lucky then a bit different to what you've got with Ohi, but we put money behind that, but we were getting 50 cent opt-ins to people to download my, my free ebook. So we built a, a 5,000 person list in the space of three, four weeks with, with two and a half thousand dollars. Um, that's, that was really, really cool. And then once we start to have that list, we can then email them and that email, we're getting 50% open rates now on our emails to that list because it's a highly engaged list who want to know about Instagram. Um, another way you could do it was, would be quiz, uh, working with quizzes. Oh yeah. Talk um, to us about quizzes. <laughs> particularly in your, um, in, with Ohi. So one real way, good way to sort of, uh, creating an, uh, a list and also segmenting that list is using um, uh, like a quiz form. So for, for Ohi, you could essentially, essentially, uh, essentially do a quiz around, let's just say, uh, sleep. Um, so are, are you having trouble trying to sleep right now? Uh, you know, and you ask these questions about how their sleep patterns are, what they're doing with their sleep, what, what products they've used before. Uh, and then at the end of it, you can um, obviously offer them a product uh, or uh, you know, ask them if they want to be, to be emailed about um, updates on how you could, they could sleep better. Um, you could do that with actually just putting the link in your bio of your, of your Instagram. So, you know, a call to action with, on your account is take our sleep quiz today to find out how to sleep better. And so when you start engaging with people, they come to follow you, come back to your Instagram, see that, that that's in your cap, in your bio. And they go, oh, I want to know how to sleep better. Click that link and go and start filling out your quiz. Yeah, that's, that's a way you can easily organically. One other thing that I see a lot of, um, you know, just in general brands doing is, not leveraging the power of maybe an email, you know, thank you, where, hey, thank you so much for your order. And, you know, make sure you follow us on Instagram. Yep. So that's just like a free, you know, call to action. Like, of course, you know, if people, if they're buying your product already, they're going to want to follow you. Know, they're already your fan if they're buying your product. Correct. So yep. why not invite them to be part of your community? Yeah, we, and we do that with our uh, e-commerce clients. We, we, our nurture sequence or our loyalty, we call that loyalty layer. So once they buy something off you, we want to send, then send them a whole bunch of emails and, and thanking them. Say, hey, thanks for being part of the family. We're really appreciative of you. Um, and then, you know, let them know the product's been shipped. Then when they get, get their product, send them an email saying, hey, have you got any questions? We're here to help you. Even do little videos that we can sort of embed on a website where they click it on the email and go do that. And also, like you said, you can then ask them to follow you or you can send them an email saying, hey, we're going live on Instagram at 4 p.m. Eastern. You know, join and click the link here to, to, to join us or get notified you know, when we're going live. So another way to create engagement and then using that cross-platform to essentially get more followers and get more engagement across your platforms. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So Hugh, thank you so much. Like I, we've really gone a lot longer than I thought we were going to, but all <laughs> this is such very interesting and very relevant um, tips and secrets that you're sharing. So one last question I want to ask is um, who influences you? Like what podcasts do you listen to? Who do you follow that you just get inspiration from? This is a really hard one. Um, 
uh, and I, I've been thinking about this question. Um, I, I, I'll be honest, I, I, don't, I don't read much. I actually have trouble reading. Um, I don't know whether it's, whether it's my mind or like, I, I can't read books and I, after like two pages, my mind starts wondering and I'm thinking about many other things and I, I just can't sit still to read a book, but podcasts I love. Um, and there's some, some podcasts that really, that really helped me with this, especially a couple of years ago. Um, one of them is, is actually a mutual friend, Stephen Kuhn, the hit show. I love that. Oh podcast. yeah. I love his podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's one. Um, Steve Sims, um, he's he's really cool as well. He's got a really good podcast. Um, yeah, Jason Swank. I don't, I don't know if you know Jason. He's really got a really good podcast around agencies. Um, he's, yeah, I he's, do know Jason. Yeah. His I've I listen to his podcast religiously. Um, so uh, he's got a agency. Really cool stuff. Um, and there's. Um, uh, one other guy in here, um, oh, I can't think of his name right now. Um, it's, it's got it's, his podcast is Super Fast Business. Um, uh, James Franco. Uh, he's got a really good podcast here. So I like that. I like listening to podcasts. The other thing that I find that's really important is networking. Like um, someone who is a uh, mutual friend of ours as well, Kat Howell. I'll drop her, I'll drop I'll name drop her. Um, she said once that if you don't feel like an, if you walk into a room and you don't feel like an imposter, you're in the wrong room. Mm -hmm. So that's something that's always stuck with me. And I always try to be around people that I think, you know, they may not necessarily be smarter for me, but they've done the, done the thing that I want to do. So be around people who, who have, um, who have, who have, who have done the thing you're trying to get to, or be, or be where you're trying to be because they'll nine times out of 10, if you ask them a question, they'll give you the answer. Yeah, um, so. actually, I think um, Kat Howell is a perfect example. Like, she definitely um, is very inspirational to me. And just just watching any of her lives or just how she, even just how she does her captions and, and mm -hmm. her posts are, are just brilliant and super yeah. creative. Very, very creative and raw, real, and, you know, not really worrying about, you know, what somebody is going to think. That yeah. is, that I think is is the key, is that you can't worry about well, what is this person going to think? Or am I doing this right? You just have to do it and be yep. you. And she uh, yep. is, Cat Howell she is, is her. Like she's she being is doing her. it. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Yeah. 100% agree with that. Yeah. So part of the encore, one more part here. So <laughs> Digital Detox Secrets is um, a book that I wrote and it's about how to, how to create digital work-life balance. And mm -hmm. we're bringing this into the podcast especially with entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs are, if you're a digital in the digital marketing space and you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, it's a double-edged sword. It's very yeah. hard. It's like, when do you turn it off? So what are some of the ways that you are, you do to kind of take that reset and keep that creativity going without working 24 seven? Yeah, this is again, a, a tough one. Hey, because I've, I've, I don't know whether I'm a, a very strange individual, but my mind doesn't switch off. So I literally work 24 hours a day and it's, it drives my wife nuts uh, and it often drives me nuts, but it also inspires me because I, it actually drives me to do more things or try new things or, Oh, I've got to do this. Or I want to do want to, I want to try this thing over here. And this is the, the shiny object syndrome. That's like, that's me to a T like, I'm like, Oh, look, dog with a fluffy tail. Let's go. Um, my only real like downtime then and places where I can actually unwind is at networking events like baby bathwater. For me, that's the perfect downtime. That's when I can actually switch off and just be, you know, be around other people uh, and, and sort of just 
soak it all in as well as, and this is going to sound corny, but my daughter, like my two and a half year old, like she, she's at the age right now where everything's new to her. And that for me is really amazing. And the opportunity to just sort of just to switch off in the world, she sort of gives me that reset and also gives me the reason to do what I'm doing. Like that's the other thing. Like she, not only is she, she's my savior, but she also is my driving force. So, yeah. Yeah. I think every entrepreneur can relate to the 24 seven inspiration. It gives you that rush and that drive and you know, you don't really want to stop because you really love what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so when you do go to baby bathwater, you do go to spend time with your daughter, you have to ha- have some sort of maybe a setup to that so that when you're there, you're not kind of getting on the phone. <laughs> yeah. On the phone. So is there like a tip or a secret that you do to get yourself ready so that you can be in that moment and be present? Um, if my wife is listening to this and she probably will be, <laughs> she, she, she I, I, I give her credit to, to yelling at me for having my phone around me because she's always giving me a hard time that I'm constantly on my phone. Um, but she's actually in, got that into me now that I have to have that on, uh, on this, like off on the side and not look at it. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest with you, without that, I would literally be on the, like doing the phone thing, um, all the time. Um, because you have to, you have to, you have to disconnect a little bit, um, you know, and to sort of get away with it. Like I, I actually don't watch much, I don't watch much TV. Like I don't, you know, everyone talks about Netflix and series or whatever they're watching on, on the internet. I, that's, that's, I don't know. I just don't do that much anymore. So my only real downtime is when I'm spending time with my daughter at home, um, or getting away and, and sort of hiding from, from the outside world. If I don't have a, if I don't have my phone on me, my clients can't reach me. My staff can't reach me. I'm not forced to look at client accounts. Uh, well, sorry, I can't look at client accounts for <laughs> Um, so that's the only real way to get away from it. So you just don't bring, you leave your phone off or? Off, totally off. Gotta be. Yeah. Otherwise it's like, oh, it just, it just buzzed one. Hey, well, someone wants me. Yeah. yeah. Notifications. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I know, as I said, it's sort of, it's sort of the corny thing, but that, that works for me. Like I, you know, I don't have a, a lot of entrepreneurs have like a routine. They have like the get up in the morning and they've got to do their meditation and they've got to have their, um, do their thing. And that's, that's just not how I, my, I operate or I work. And that's never really worked for me. Um, so I don't have that sort of, oh, I need to go off and um, meditate and journal. And that's just, that's not me as an entrepreneur. Um, and I don't, I don't get, um, I don't function that way. So it's yeah, my, my only real way I can sort of reboot is just literally phone, phone on the other side of the room, spend some time with my daughter doing Lego painting, um, just have a conversation with her because she's starting to do some really cool things and learning heaps of words. So that's, that's the great way to do it. That's awesome. Well, Hugh, you have shared so many social PR secrets today that I can't even, my mind is like kind of blowing up right now and <laughs> I'm excited to, to share it with everybody and go and implement some of them. So thank you so much for joining us. And can you just let us know where people can follow you, where the best place sure. to get in touch with you? So um, my website is hughreese.co, so H-U-G-H-R-E-E-S dot C-O. Uh, my Instagram is Hugh underscore Reese. Um, yeah, that's basically where you can find me and how you can engage with me. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Always fun to talk to you and, and we could probably go on for another hour or so too. Probably yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. And if you're an e-com brand out there and some of this sounds interesting, give Hugh's company a call. Um, Give us a call. Yep. Yeah. 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 All right, Hugh. Thank, thank you so you, much. Lisa. Have a good day. Bye. You too. Bye.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.